Hi, I'm Nihar from Edison, New Jersey, a pre-pharmacy student at the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. In this episode, we talk with Dr. Leah Island, Professor and Associate Department Head at the University of Auburn's Harrison School of Pharmacy about generational differences and how these differences impact workplace relationships and culture. I'm Joshua Fleming, a clinical associate professor with the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. I am joined today by my co-host, Alex Mills, a PGY2 ambulatory care resident, also here with the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. We're delighted that you, our listeners, have joined us today. Hello. Our topic today is generational differences in the workplace and how this affects our working relationships, patient care, and our approach to training students and residents. Our guest today is my good friend, Dr. Leah Island, Associate Department Head and Clinical Professor in the Department of Pharmacy Practice at the Auburn University Harrison School of Pharmacy. Leah's clinical practice has been focused in pediatrics, and she's done extensive work and presented on generational differences at various local, state, and national conferences. Welcome to the podcast, Leah. Hi, Josh and Alex. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here today and discuss generations in our workforce and our patients. So with two years of residency coming to a close, I've had some time to reflect on my various practice settings, particularly the various practitioners I've worked with. While differences in personality certainly were a challenge at times, I found my greatest challenge in building relationships with practitioners who grew up in a different generation. I remember entering a clinic feeling confident in my ability to co-manage a patient's diabetes, yet feeling like the provider was sizing me up before trusting me to even talk to their patients. I also worked with an older provider that, no matter how busy clinic was, their focus was on hearing about the patient's extended family before even touching the the clinical reason for the visit, frustrating the younger staff. After these experiences, it was almost second nature after a less than ideal interaction with the provider to say to myself, eh, well, things were different for them when they started practice back then. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's guilty of making these assumptions. Alex, I can totally see where you're coming from. I've been out in the workforce for about seven years now, and I can remember what it was like starting into my career and learning to work with other providers and practitioners who are far more experienced than me, who communicated differently than me, and had clearly different expectations about how things should be done. Leah, from your experiences, what difficulties have you seen now having up to four different generations in the workforce, and how does that impact our work environment? Well, never before has there been such a diverse workforce and workplace and have four or potentially more generations working side by side. You know, all generations are unique. They have experiences and attributes that influence their attitudes towards work. We can all work together, but it is best to be aware of our strengths, challenges, similarities, and differences between our generations and understand where people are coming from. Remember, all of our characteristics are generalizations, and not every person may be identically matched to descriptions. So we in that workforce have to be open and flexible when working with so many generations. So in looking at our generations, we've got our traditionalists. They're very loyal. They honor, respect others, follow orders, 
and they really prefer structure and technology. So I remember working with like this generation in the workforce when CPOE came about and physicians just didn't want to write on a computer. They wanted to write in the chart. They didn't know how to work on the computer. They weren't used to computers. They didn't have computers readily for them. And sometimes the hospital had to provide someone else to literally be with that physician to do CPOE. So we we are learning how can we work with each other. When we look at our baby boomers, they're team players. They like to be involved and they're innovators. They really do enjoy doing things for the organization, but they also enjoy the recognition. Whereas when we look at our Gen Xers, they're a little bit more adaptable to change, self-starters, They're very independent and they can be very skeptical. They can feel others owe them for what they do, but they are motivated. And then millennials, when we get to our millennials, some may call them Generation Y. They are very techno savvy. I mean, the computer is part of their life. So if you ask a millennial to go do CPOE, there's no issue. They'll just go up and figure it out themselves probably. But they want immediacy. They want to be involved. They want collaboration, achievement, and now. They're going to require some supervision and support, though. Generation Z, I'll call them. Some call them Generation 2020, Homeland, iGeneration. They are about to be coming to pharmacy school. They are, if you look at the dates, they probably are in college right now. They are digital natives. I mean, they're, if you give the two-year-old, it seems like the iPad, they can figure that out, right? So the Generation Zs have high expectations. They're optimistic. They're conformist. They're comfortable with diversity. We are questioning, though, maybe if they're overstimulated. Do they have an attention span, emotional development, social interaction versus just like technology interaction? So when we look at these aspects of our colleagues, we can see maybe how to work with the team at work or maybe even a project assignment. Mixing our generations can help in really getting everyone to succeed. Millennials could value coaching from our baby boomers. They're going to enjoy that recognition. Members of newer generations can help those in prior generations learn technology advancements, help them with time and activities. You know, for example, I've, I'm a Gen Xer. I've helped baby boomers and traditionalists complete online forms. Also, though, my niece who's in Gen X has taught me about an app on my phone that helps correct grammar and text messages. And I thought that was pretty innovative. All generations want to be up to date. They want to be in the know. So we really can learn from each other. We just have to be open-minded. In regards to patient care, though, practitioners of prior generation, I really feel like they can explain the history maybe of what has worked in health systems, what hasn't worked to these new generations. And the new generations can give maybe new ideas, technology ideas. We had a retiring physician that still attended morning report. Why? Because of his workplace loyalty, his desire to teach others. And he had a lot of experience that even the Gen Xers or baby boomers couldn't give a history of. As well, communication, because communication method preferences also vary per generation. Traditionalists are very prone to written formal communication, where baby boomers really like one-on-one or telephone communication, whereas Gen Xers tend to be more direct through email or even texting. And as we shift into the millennials and Gen Xers, they're definitely more to text messaging, social media conversations. So A mode of communication may actually need to be mutually decided when you're working as a team. A study of millennials and Gen Zers found that 74% described themselves with in-person communication being their weakest form of communication. 
and I think about that. In-person communication, how much do we do that? And that's their weakest form. These are all my students and residents. And how am I primarily communicating with them? It's in-person. Healthcare really is a team-focused activity. So we really do need to learn how to function as effective teams for our patients. Wow. So working effectively with individuals in different generations seems to transcend typical personality traits. Knowing some of those fundamental differences between generations can potentially make or break the team dynamic. So what advice do you have for departments or teams that are struggling with learning how to work across these generational differences? Gosh, Alex, you know, communication and a shared sense of understanding are key. Everyone on the team to me has to agree to that shared vision of the purpose of the team as well as understand his or individual role. You know, about five years ago, we actually did strength finders as a school. We learned about our characteristics, our top strengths about us, as well as our colleagues. And our department could use that information when assigning teams for, to work on projects. For example, my top strength is achiever. I could be added to the group who maybe hasn't made progress on a task over time. However, if we had a whole team of achievers, we actually may not get a lot done. You know, there's got to be a balance. In addition, when you work as teams trying to build that solid team, each team member has to be open-minded and feel a safe space to speak honestly in meetings. Respect must be established within that team. You know, there are generational differences that may lead to a lack of respect, even though it's not meant to be. For example, the independent Gen Xers may think the millennials need too much support or supervision and doesn't respect their, their dependence, per se, on things. And alienation can occur if team members are very rigid in thinking and, and take perceptions that may not be accurate and apply them. And so really, you need to be aware, reflect on your own actions, verbal and nonverbal. If a team's not getting along or being productive, I feel the leader really must ask why and determine the issues. Maybe the team doesn't know each other well or their individual strengths. So maybe they need to do a team building activities. There are multiple tests online that can learn personality types and leadership types. And then you're able to maybe apply those to the team and see what is working well, what's not working well. How can we feed off each other in a positive way? You know, it's interesting. You really need to also focus on the similarities with the group because it really can bring a level of cohesiveness. Research actually suggests there may be more similarities across the generations than differences. There are a lot of outstanding books on team building and successful teams that provide ideas and ways to improve membership and teamwork. A few I can think of are the five dysfunctions of a team, the 17 indisputable laws of teamwork, and the ideal team player. So something else that comes to mind for me that goes beyond how we work together is how we communicate with patients and their expectations for being communicated with. We've experienced or heard stories about patients from the greatest generation or the traditionalist generation who have very different expectations from a healthcare team than, say, someone from Gen X or millennials. What are some things that pharmacists should be mindful of when providing care to patients from these different generations? We really have to understand still the characteristics of our patient's communication preference by generation because that can help us optimize care. Prior generations, such as that traditionalist, they want to please and honor and respect the healthcare provider. You know, they may say what they think you want to hear, whereas the Gen X may be very skeptical to advice and the millennials, they may have researched symptoms like crazy on the internet, self-diagnosed themselves before even coming into the healthcare setting 
or contacting a telehealth provider. An example of an adolescent that came to me practically reciting the DSM-5 criteria for ADHD, essentially what we figured out is she was wanting the anorexia ADR from the stimulant so she could stay thin. So a lot of newer generations do their homework. However, what I do want to emphasize is that millennials still seek a strong patient-provider connection, and I think we can definitely achieve that. Reminders, using technology and smartphones may also be best for patients of new generations, whereas patients in the prior generations still may like pen and paper or a phone call. They may walk into the appointments with a medical ledger explaining their history, all written out, ready for you. You know, the baby boomers are starting to use their healthcare system more. They're using technology, though, in the healthcare setting. They're starting to. They're getting more comfortable with it. They are using patient portals to communicate with their providers, and they're curious about their healthcare, asking questions and doing their research, too, not just the younger generations. You know, my mom's a early baby boomer, and last week she was talking to me and told me how she'd emailed a doctor through a patient portal, and I was like, what? You did what? And she goes, oh, yeah. And then I learned it wasn't the first time she had done it. And that was very simple to her, just like sending an email, no big deal. And that just really surprised me, you know, that prior generations really are becoming tech savvy. If that is the way that they have to access the healthcare provider, they're going to do that. However, the traditionalists, you know, they're still going to rely on their provider to dictate their healthcare. My grandmother is 102, lives alone, goes to the doctor. And even though I am a pharmacist, but she relies and trusts her doctor. So healthcare use and perceptions can change over time and change with our generation. And I think that's important to think about when we're trying to communicate with our patients. Well, you've talked very much about the key of communication between the people in our workforce and then also the key of communication when communicating with patients and learning their expectations of how to be communicated with Something that I, as an educator, and I'm sure you you have experienced as well, as a change in our learners and trainees' expectations, there's been a change in the way they prefer content to be delivered. What have been your experiences and what advice do you have for other academicians, preceptors, or even students who may be listening? In my 17 years of being in the academy, I have seen a difference in learners by generation and adapted my teaching in the classroom and experiential settings. Millennials like teamwork. They enjoy technology in the learning environment. They value mentoring and coaching. You know, being smart is cool for this generation where it wasn't really for ours. They want to be the best at what they can do. They want meaningful work, which is wonderful. And we, I, as a you know faculty member, want to give them meaningful activities as well that have clear purposes and outcomes. The activities for the millennials really need to be structured, case-based, involve simulation, and provide a high degree of student engagement. Short, focused activities are much easier than large, sustained projects, which is what I believe our baby boomers and Gen Xers are used to. What's interesting is that millennials tend to enjoy discussions as it allows for a deeper understanding of what they're learning, and this way they feel their input is valued. An article I once read stated that the millennial learning was Nintendo-like. It was trial and error approach to solving problems, and the fastest way to actually solve the problem was to lose, as they learned to master that repetitive action. Whereas previous generations were more logic-based and rule-based when learning to solve problems, and I can definitely see that for me as a Gen Xer, you know, in the rules, especially in pharmacy. We have certain rules, we abide by, and we don't break those. The new generations, though, 
They go to the internet for resources, not textbook. I don't know what I do without a physical book and my bookshelf. But others, all they need is a device that has the book on it and it's perfectly fine. Our, our millennials also want clear expectations stated to them, constant feedback, and they do want to feel that they're special. And I think everyone wants to feel they're special, but it, the data has showed millennials truly want to feel they're special. As I said, Gen Z is now in college. They actually have been shown to want more hands-on learning, on-demand, easy access, expectation of learning tools. They're not passive learners. They don't want to come to class and just sit and take notes. They truly want to be engaged fully in the learning process. They enjoy those class discussions just like the millennial and using that technology for learning. These two generations to me are very different than prior generations. When I started as a preceptor, I had a printed binder of required reading, so printed um, clinical trials, for the students to go to the binder, pull out, read the physical paper. But as resources became electronic and new generations like technology, I've had to adjust to an electronic file organized on an online workspace. Five years ago, I became fully an off-campus faculty member, and my students for an academic APPE rotation are actually not even in the same city with me. We meet and conduct our activities via video conferencing. And I remember thinking when I moved fully off campus, I thought, oh gosh, how, how am I going to be engaged? How am I going to do this? You know, if you really think even about the corporate world, many corporations and organizations have remote workers. There are pharmacies that have remote order verification systems in place. So education to me is kind of adapting to incorporating this model. And I think that's important. What I've also learned, though, every generation, though, does seek a supportive learning environment with positive feedback. So feedback preferred by students may influence actually the design of the learning experience. And I've had to think about that when now designing classes. The traditionalists think, you know, no news is good news. The baby boomers aren't keen with a lot of feedback. But Gen X, they do want some feedback, but it to be direct and focused. Millennials need a lot of time for feedback and want it immediately. And similarly, Gen Z wants immediate, real-time, bite-sized feedback. Those prior generations may actually just feel exhausted providing so much feedback to learners of the newer generation. And those newer generations, students may actually not have a clear sense of how they're doing if they don't feel they're getting enough feedback. We've discussed a lot of great information today. All of us at some point interact with other generations, whether it's understanding the value of technology amongst team members, their preferred method of communication, or the best methods to deliver feedback to learners or colleagues in any setting. To help with this, we discuss some tools to identify team members' strengths. It's also important to consider how healthcare has evolved throughout these generations, especially patient expectations. Lastly, with all these considerations at the forefront of our mind, knowing how to adapt when needed to benefit our team the learners, and especially our patients, is vital moving forward. Leah, I want to thank you for being on the Pharmacy Forward podcast and for discussing generational differences in the workforce. Yes, thank you for being on our show today. We really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like to share about someone who's transforming knowledge into action, send us an email. 
Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit PharmacyCPD.org. That's PharmacyCPD.org. This episode was conceived and developed by Ha Fan, Alex Mills, Megan Brown, Lori Fleming, Josh Fleming, and Stuart Haynes. Thank you.